It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is put an end to my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, hey, play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have to the Steeler final score, and the final score today was not a good one if you're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. 45-42 to 42 as the Steelers succumbed to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, they are home for the rest of the playoffs, and the season of destiny is now over on uh, one of the craziest years ever. But uh, one thing that I will say that this year is that this team – Really gave us a lot to talk about all season long, and uh, I'm always proud of my team. Um, There's some things I'm not proud of, and we're going to talk about that tonight, but I'm also proud of the man that I have shared this forum with for the entire season, Tony DeFeo from Behind the Steel Curtain. Tony, how are you, my friend? Hey, Brian. Uh, I'm doing doing as well as can be expected after after such a disappointing loss, but uh, good to be on with you again tonight. Well, um, one thing I said to you, and uh, I know we're going to be talking to this one gentleman, but at least we're not Saints fans. And uh, we have, a, uh, we have a, a special friend in the audience that calls us every week long, every week, um, Melvin, who roots for not only the Steelers, but the Saints also. So uh, the way the Saints went down tonight is uh, more devastating than what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers today. Um, I've got a lot of things to say about it, a lot of knee-jerk reactions. I've calmed down quite a bit. Um, I've gone through uh, so many uh, steps of mourning. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, uh, if we could go through the, the five steps, I, I think I've I've gone through all of it. I've done my bargaining. I've had my anger. I've, I've had it all. Um, what are your knee-jerk reactions from this game? Essentially, uh, the Jaguars played playoff football. I mean, they you know what did Tomlin say? They won the moment. Uh, they you know, two turnovers led to 14 points. They won the line of scrimmage. They they stopped Pittsburgh on two key fourth down. Uh, attempts in, in uh, deep in their own territory, and, and, and they converted on one of their own at the beginning of the game to score the first touchdown. I mean, that's, that's you know, stats are great, but, I mean, it's those little things that win important games like today. And and the Jaguars, they, they did everything you would expect from a playoff team, and, and, and the Steelers did very little other than put up a, a bunch of, uh, of stats. They didn't, they didn't create anything, any special moments of their own, really. Yeah, and you know what? There were a lot of times where you kept on thinking, okay, they're getting it together. But uh, Jacksonville had something to draw on. And I'm telling you, um, I took a lot of heat from an article I wrote about this week. About It was more of a commentary about uh, the Steelers overlooking the Jaguars, and a lot of uh, fans on BTFC came on. One actually called me trash um, um, because I was uh, following ESPN trash and called me trash for uh, saying it, but i tell you what, I really thought they overlooked them in a lot of ways, and um, 
that's prefaced by the fact that, you know, and I, I could prove it. When Le'Veon Bell last night goes on Twitter and basically looks ahead and says, you know, you know we're ready for uh, New England next week. Well, you know, what about this game? And then Mike Mitchell standing outside the locker room um, yelling, you're going to know my name after this game. Um, I don't want to know his name if he's doing stuff like that. That is not the way. That is not classy football. And um, that backfired, and backfired in a huge way for this team. Now, I know that a lot of this stuff happened after I wrote the article, but it just seemed like they have overlooked this team all uh, um, the last week, and all they've been thinking for the last month, the last six weeks, is New England, New England, New England. But you got to beat a team. And when you get to the point, Tony DeFeo, where you are the opposition, and you're like, okay, they're going to disrespect us this way? They've, they just think they're going to walk past us? They're going to use everything, every little piece of bulletin board to say, yeah, we'll show these guys. And they did. They did. I mean, Ben, I thought Ben was fine by saying, you know, I mean, we'd like a shot at Jacksonville because we'd like to avenge that. You know, basically, you know, I, I mean, that was an embarrassing loss. I have no problem with them saying that, but they – take every little thing and they turn it around and spin it well they should you know and they really did and they bonded together as a team it they turned into it turned into an us against the world situation and that's what doomed the Steelers and I was getting so nervous before this game when I heard all of this stuff and all of this stuff coming it just did not feel like the Steelers were a cohesive team before this game and Jacksonville was um am I off base on that Tony no I mean uh the, the the entire fan base. I mean, for anybody would. You know, is it? By the way, isn't the internet great? You, know, you could call it trash for writing an article, basically that has n- not nothing personal in it. But whatever. That's neither here yeah, nor I mean, there. But uh, uh, you know what? Uh, uh, I was also called trash and horrible when two years I suggested that the uh, when Bruce Gradkowski went down that uh, there was a possibility that the Steelers might look at Michael Vick, and I was one of the first ones to write that. I remember uh, calling up Jeff Hartman and saying, hey, I want to write this article because I think they might go after Michael Vick. He's like, well, what do you have to go by? What are your sources? And I told him my sources and what I've heard, and he said, God, write the article. And I did, and, oh, I mean, I got lambasted just because I reported it. And the thing is, I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't endorsing it. I was just saying, hey, they might do this. And uh, I was like, they'll never do that. They'll blah, blah, blah. And they just completely destroyed me. And uh, here yeah. it happened. And it's like, you know, people hide behind their keyboards. They can do what they want. But it was a situation, you know, I just did something. I just put myself out there, and I got cracked on it. And I, but I stand beside, behind this even more, Tony. I mean, I, I feel the fact that that was just my opinion. I'm thinking they're talking a little too much about what's going to happen in a week when you have somebody standing in your way right now. That's not going to take too kindly, and they're going to band together and kill you for it, and that's what happened. Yeah, especially a team that that beat you by three touchdowns in week five, and you you can't really even – you should just be singularly focused on that team and not even mentioning New England. I mean, that's – you know, I I was talking to my brother before the game, and we're talking about New England. I'm like, I don't even even care about New England. I I just want to get through these next few hours and then worry about New England. And, you know, and that's, that's a fan saying that. Imagine if a player is is, is not focused in that way, and and, all, and that might lead to two or three moments in a game that can turn it, and, and I think that's what you saw today. Not necessarily that they were that they were overlooking the Jags, but, I mean, there were a few plays where you had your – you were scratching your head. What, what in, in the blue plays were they thinking? Well, we do have so much to talk about, but before we do anything else, you know, this show, all season long, has been brought to you by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and also home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878, or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304 212 Also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com. To see how he can help you in your time of need, it's Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results, and also brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. For all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs, make sure you just check it all out. There's podcasts, 
um, as you're enjoying here tonight, uh, or maybe not enjoying, but just uh, trudging through it like <laughs> like we are. But also, I mean, all kinds of commentary, all kinds of up-to-date news. Hey, and it doesn't stop now where the Steelers lost. There's going to be so much more in the offseason. Make sure you don't forget about us during the offseason because there's so much going on. And uh, we're going to give you all the up-to-date Steeler news that you need to keep you going Um this isn't the end. This is uh, this is the beginning of something, and I'll talk about I'll talk about that more later. But you know, the season might end, but this isn't the end of the dream. So, with that being said, we are going to go to the phones. Uh, remember, it is your show, so uh, feel free to call in. Um, just a little uh, programming note: we only do we can only go to the top of the hour tonight, so we can only go to ten ten o'clock. So we're going to try to keep a lot of the calls brief, but we want to make sure we get everybody taken care of, so um, please keep that in mind, but call in 347-850-8581, and uh, we're going to go to the phones first, and I uh, I already mentioned them before, and uh, we're going to go to 832. What's up, my friend? How are you? Welcome to the final score. Hey, Brian and Tony. How are you guys doing, man? Uh, hey, that's Melvin. not the voice. Uh, see, this is what depresses me the most. Melvin, I mean that's I. You call in every week. You're all excited, and and now this is the first thing I hear, and this is how I feel. That's how my voice is too. I wanted an excited Melvin tonight, but uh, I can tell you're hurting. Uh, you're double hurting because you're a Saints fan too, aren't you? Yeah, when you said that we were uh, pulling into the garage, when you when you said that, and my fiance, who is a Saints fan, just kind of gave me that look, like really, he had to go there. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but it's okay because uh, the first thing she goes, she goes, "Are you gonna call into your show?" I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna call in," and uh, and we were discussing the games. But I mean, um, I'm not gonna be long and do a big long soliloquy like I normally do. I just uh, and I just would like to have a conversation. I um, we got out coached. Uh, if, if if either one of you know the uh, the first line of a poem by Richard Kipling called "If," if you can keep your head about you when all others are losing theirs and blame it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for that doubting too. <sighs> My coaching staff, when everything goes to hell in a handbasket, they don't do well. And, you know, I'm a big, humongous Tomlin fan. And when you've got a six-foot-five, 200-plus-pound quarterback, it's fourth and one. And I got a tweet today uh, looking at it from NFL research. Prior to today, on fourth and ones, Ben Roethlisberger was 18 of 19 getting a first down, doing a quarterback sneak. I don't know if if they told Ben to check. I don't know if Ben decides to check out of that. And I'm just thinking at some point, Tomlin needs to just say, you know what, no, we're not going to do that. Sneak the ball up. Get in behind Castro, Pouncey, or Castro, or Pouncey and, and uh, uh, Foster. Get a damn yard. Get the ball, jump up, stick your hand out, put it back to your chest. Um, defense, let's just face it. Our defense has been the same since Shazier went down, and it showed. We don't have anybody who can go sideline to sideline. Um, we've been averaging probably right around 30 points a game the second half of the season uh, on defense. I mean, I can only say one player played good today. On defense, that was Joe Hayden. That's the only one I can say played well today. All those runs to the left side, to the right, to the defense's left, offense's right. Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, ah, just couldn't quite get there. All pro defensive tackle, Cam, zero tackles, zero sacks, zero quarterback hits. Um. You made a point, uh, uh, Brian, you made a point earlier about looking forward and and looking ahead uh, to New England. I really do feel like, <sighs> I hate to do it, but when you look at Belichick and you look how he runs a ship, how he runs his ship, 
you don't hear nothing come out of it. You very seldom hear anything. Players actually fear his wrath. They don't fear Tomlin. They don't fear, you know, Haley, you know, Haley got his butt slammed, so you know nobody fears him. And I really think, you know, we need to start taking a look at Butler with with this defensive scheme uh, that we run. I, I just I just don't get it. And going back to looking ahead, I really do think that the Steelers did not truly respect the Jaguars, especially on defense. You know what? We're going to put eight in the box and we dare you to run it. Oh, first drive, Bortles, tight end, tight end, tight end. Uh-oh, he can throw to the tight end. We always have a way of making, quote, unquote, subpar quarterbacks look like Hall of Famers. This has been – this. it has always been that way this year. You could, you could pick – hell, even Deshaun – even Cleveland put 24 points on us. We barely won the first game of the season against Cleveland. I mean, I don't want to burn the house down, but we've got to have some changes – Top down. I know Haley's contract is up. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do with Haley, especially considering Tomlin did not hire Haley. The Roonies hired Haley, and Tomlin just went along with it. So I don't know what you guys are thinking, but we definitely, and I hate to say it, we're going to have to draft or find a replacement for Shazier. You can't replace the guy because he was a special talent, one of a kind, but we're going to have to find somebody close. Because as much as I love that young man, and I hope he makes it well, and I hope he's walking again, but I really feel like in my gut his NFL career is over. What were you guys thinking? Well, that's a lot of stuff, and I'm thinking uh, it's almost like you're reading my notes. Um and you were in Hagerstown, Maryland with me today because uh, we talked about everything you said. And I think that's that's a huge sentiment uh, across Steeler Nation. Um, you know, to your first point, Ben Roethlisberger, he is 6'5". He's a big man. You, just just sneak the ball. And we, I was, we were calling that f- f- the first time. Just go and sneak the ball. Look, don't out-cute, and it seems like Todd Haley, my biggest problem with Todd Haley is trying to outthink and out-cute somebody. Don't out-cute. When you are that good and you are confident in what you can do, and you can just announce it, hey, we're coming right down your throat and dare you to stop us. Why couldn't have they done that? Dare I, I dare you to stop me. And they get that yard. I mean, you know, I think one of those first downs, they possibly win this game. Uh, and there were so many situations. So, yes, I thought they were outcoached. I thought they were outcoached every step of the way um, in every single situation. I mean, at the end of the game, I mean, we could second-guess a lot of stuff, but at the end of the game, you know, take the field goal and then go for it all and just go for it all. Um, with another chance to win the game at that point, an onside kick do it right this time. You know that's a dude, possibility. There's so many. Go ahead. I'll just. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Just, just, just think about this, and 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 people who are listening, think about this. We got out coached by Doug Marone. Think yeah. on that. Doug Marone. The four starting quarterbacks that are in the playoffs are Bortles, Foles, Keenum, and Brady. Think on that. All the franchise quarterbacks are gone except for Brady. Think about that. Yeah, you let a uh, – I mean, twice in one year, you let a, a, a team with a, with a lesser passer than your Hall of Fame passer beat you. And, 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 and uh, uh, I mean, he had, what, 90 yards last week? He had 90 yards the first time they played him. He had less than 100 yards for almost four or three quarters today. And and, 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 and and you let them beat you twice in, in the same year. It just uh it, it just it's just I don't want to say embarrassing, but it's 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 just, it's not a good look. And, and as far as the Shazier thing, I mean, yeah, you're probably gonna have to find a replacement. But maybe I mean they're, they're such a complete football team in, in a lot of areas. Maybe you try to I don't know what the free agent market looks like. I don't even want to think about that right now. But maybe you 
find somebody in the free agency that you can you can uh, uh, bring in instead of trying to draft one at the end of the first round. Yeah, uh, something uh, that uh, that middle is weak, um, and it is uh, you know that's a situation that they had remedied um, until that horrific injury on December fourth, and it's just uh, and and they lost a lot. Um, in that situation and you know by losing a guy like uh uh by not paying and and Miami I thought overpaid for Lawrence Timmons but uh th- that would have been a nice situation to have to have all of those guys to have Williams to have Timmons and to, and to have uh Shazier there um so you know there was such a big drop off and uh Sean Spence was sitting on the couch when that injury happened and uh here they, you know, he wasn't enough to do it. So that's something that I would think that there's not, they're not going to be addressing quarterback in the future. They're, I have a feeling they are addressing inside linebacker um, first and foremost. And the other place they need to go is safety. Um, I know they weren't completely burned um, by the safety today, but um, I think that situation with Mike Mitchell, I think that, uh, that's, that, uh, situation has to end um because i do have a problem and something i mentioned out before i do have a problem with a guy like that standing outside a lot a locker room and taunting a team um and that's not the brand of football that i want to root for um but you're right when you say belichick wouldn't make that happen i know you don't want to go that avenue but come on we it's a situation just play smart you know the formula to win a game you know the formula to win a game before the game even starts and if there's no reason, I tell my son this. I, I tell my son, you know, don't don't be cocky. I mean, my son's not an athlete, but my uh, and this is a proud father moment. I'm going to bring it up on the show. My son um, on Friday won his. He's in fifth grade. He won his second straight geography B, but he went in pretty cocky because he won last year. And uh, I had to have a talk with him. I'm like, be humble. They're not going to respect you. Plus, they're going to gun for you more if you talk about it. So he stopped talking about it. And he got a scare, and he pulled it together, and he won. Um, Where he, I mean, he was almost completely defeated. But the reason I'm bringing that up now, also to plug my son, I mean, uh, shameless self-promotion, but just the fact that, look, you know, you give, I told him, I'm like, Connor, you give people reason to want to beat you more then then they're gonna they're gonna go study harder they're gonna work harder to try to beat you if you're cocky and he learned a lesson from it and and we had a good conversation and he changed he changed his way before the game but when mike mitchell's doing that melvin tony i i've got a problem with it and that's to me there's uh there's more to it than than uh thinking of being a team but just going for your own self-promotion, and and I, I hated it. So I mean, there's a lot of things that need to change, but there's not too much that needs to change. I think there's going to be coaching changes in the off season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, um, coordinators a whole new situation, um, completely on both sides of the ball. I would not be surprised if that happened. Um, and because remember, this is, uh, I don't want to say it's a new administration, but uh, um, Art is, uh, Art the Third's all alone as far as that goes. And uh, and uh, there's less uh, sentiment uh, as far as that goes. And there's more on the, just the business of football. And I, don't, I think he's going to put up with um, a little bit less. And I think this is going to go ahead. There's things that are going to change. But uh, Melvin, I I agree with you. Um, I, I think things are going to change, but uh, this team needs to. Uh, the big thing, they need to band together and just worry about football, and just and not worry about the, the the stupid things. Not outthink themselves. And every time there's a loss, we talk about them outthinking themselves, and and everyone else is going to bring it up too. Someone's going to happen. But uh, thank you so much. We appreciated talking to you all year. We're going to be talking again, my friend, and uh, have a great off season. And uh, we'll have we'll have shows here and there, and uh, but there'll be plenty of stuff on behind the steel curtain.
All right, man. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed talking to you guys each year, man. It was a it was a thrill to uh, be able to talk to you guys. I really look forward to it. Uh, and we'll I guess we'll start talking draft. So uh, you guys yeah. have a good night. All right, thanks. It was buddy. awesome. You take have, care. have a good have be a well. good spring. Hey, sports fans! Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Definitely uh, one of our favorites, Melvin. Um, from all parts U.S., I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin's hey, from Dallas, but he's in Tennessee. He's in Louisiana. He's, Melvin's, uh, Melvin's a traveler. So, um, yeah, yeah, Tony, I, I, really think I, I really think there's going to be changes. Um, do you think that uh, – they they were out coached. So there, uh, Brian. I think I lost you. Yeah, Tony. Do you feel they were out coached? Today, oh, today, absolutely. Yes, they were. They and, were absolutely. I, I I don't I don't say that very often, but it, it was quite evident in in a lot of cases today. Yeah, they were out coached, especially on a two do you fourth think, down. Uh, call, uh, sorry, go ahead. And do you think changes are going to be made? Uh, on the defensive side, I'm not so sure. I don't know because that, that might require a, a complete overhaul again as far as philosophy, and I, I don't know if they want to go that route. As far as offense, I think they definitely could, could uh, with, with Haley's contract being up and, and, and Fickner, I think it's the quarterback's coach, him and Ben being yeah, so Randy close, yeah, they, could, they could put him right in there and, and not really change much as far as the philosophy. I, I, I think – I could definitely see that happening, yeah. Well, let's go back to the phones. Um, another one of our Hall of Famers. We are going to go to New Jersey right now, and we're going to go ahead and talk to Vito. Vito, how are you, my Jonathan. friend? Good evening. How are you? You know, this one hey, hurts, but not as bad. This one hurts, but not as bad as in the past. And I think we should be glad that it happened in the afternoon and it wasn't an 8 o'clock game like last night with the Patriots. Because if you would have lost an evening game, you probably don't sleep well at night. Um, I don't. I would rather I would rather it happen today than next week, to be honest with you guys. Because when I was watching that game unfold and we were down 21 points, I was saying there's no way if we bounce back and win this game, we could go up there and have this type of debacle. And I think one of the problems, with you, if you guys look at Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, look at the game last week and how that defense held them to 10. Would they hold them to 10 points? But yeah, then they played – Francisco 49ers, and they scored over 30 points. So you didn't know what you were going to get. So I don't know if the team necessarily didn't plan for this. I don't think the team expected this high-scoring game from them at all because they haven't done it. When was the last time they really did? I mean, think about it. The Titans have beat this team twice. You see, in the last time they played the Titans, the Titans won, what, 15-10? to 10? 
wasn't a high-scoring affair. So I don't think the guys planned for them to come out and put up all the points they did. I really, I, I don't think it was so much underprepared. But I think defense did struggle tremendously. Guys like Hayward and guys like Tewitt, you know, they weren't getting the pressure they needed to get. No sacks. He made the throws he had to throw. We definitely have holes in our defense, and we know that, guys. I mean, you know, we see that. But the problem is I didn't like the first play of the game when Boswell kicked that short punt that they had great field position ready. Why isn't he kicking that ball deep? We'll try to kick it inside the 10-yard line. Why are you kicking it so short? Let them run back. So they had great field position to start, and maybe we shouldn't have deferred. Maybe we should have put our offense on the field right away. Because remember, we have not all these guys that are rested, we haven't played in a few weeks. It might not have been a bad idea to not defer, maybe take the ball, get our offense on the field first, and see if we could put together a drive maybe with some runs, you know, establish the run. So there's a lot of different things we could say. Those fourth and ones definitely haunt us because if we would have kicked a field goal on one of those, you know, the game would have been tied at the end. So there's so many ifs, so many buts, so many things we could have said. Did they get out coached? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's hard to say because, you know, we still put up 42 points on that number one defense, right? So, uh, yeah, you know, for our defense and their defense was to be one and two with sacks, you know, they put up 45 on us. We put 42 up on them. The only difference is I don't see them going into Foxborough and giving Brady uh, any huge problems. You know, I still think that they'll find a way to beat these guys, but who knows? Maybe they'll shock us. But one thing, that I did notice today when I was watching CBS, the pregame show before the game started, Nate Burleson changed his pick from the Steelers to the Jaguars. Something told him to do that. Another thing, guys, that very mysterious to me is there was a lot of calls on the field that should have been holding calls against the Jags, and they never called them. Is it possible that the NFL wants the Jaguars to win this game to go up to Foxborough because they figure it's an easier path for Brady to get to the Super Bowl? To me, that's a mystery because there was a lot of calls that were not called that clearly you could see when you look at the plays, they should have been called holding calls, especially the one with Juju Smith. One of them was a pass to Juju Smith where you could see that the defender clearly held onto his jersey. And even the Martavis Bryant play right near the end where he should have, you know, been called for pass interference and he did it, and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. That was probably the last drive that we scored. So, I don't know, it's a mystery to me. I just wonder, what is your take on that, guys? Well, um, you know, I think even more after hearing you say that because I watched the game last night, and uh, every time Tennessee had something good going, there was a flag. Um, yeah. And it was going against them. And I felt it was obvious and I, I guess I'm becoming more, more of a conspiracy-minded guy um, or a f- conspiracy-minded fan. But um, as far as that goes, yeah, as far-fetched as it seemed, yeah, there's a part of, there's a part of me that believes it. But um, they didn't do enough to take that stuff away. Um, those calls were, were egregious. But um, there, there was so many situations where they could have come back um, and won that game. And there's so many situations where they could have gotten off the field. But how many times on third down is T.J. Yeldon going to get the ball and you could do nothing to stop him? It's almost like it was a surprise of the defense that on third down that Yeldon's going to get the ball. And I yelled out, it's going to go to Yeldon. Shadow him. Look at him. Go his way. And somebody said to me, "Was like, how do you know they're going to yell on? Because that's what they're doing. I mean, Yowden killed them even more than Fournette, as far as I'm concerned, in that game. Because those third downs were just absolutely crucial. I thought, uh, and I want to preface the fact that I think there are going to be coaching changes, but it's not going to be up top. It's Mike Tomlin will be back. Um, and I have, uh, and I endorse that. Uh, I I do endorse Mike Tomlin coming back, but that that game, I thought there's so many situations where uh, they weren't they were out coached because they weren't looking at the obvious things, 
and when it was time to try to fool a team instead of just punch them in the mouth and announce it and say we're coming and there's nothing you can do to stop it, they did not do that. So uh, with that being said, I agree with you on the calls, but I don't think the calls were the main factor that killed them. I thought it was more of a situation where they uh, had so many opportunities. Even even when they were down 21 nothing. I know you mentioned that, Vito. I actually still felt comfortable. I I felt with the fact that, and they did what I announced that I thought they should do. If they score here right before the half, and they go ahead and uh, score when they go get the ball back, they've got an opportunity in this game. And then they let things happen. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you, you know, there's nothing you can do on a sack losing the ball. And uh, that, that ball took a weird bounce that Telvin Smith took into the end zone. Um, that I, I'm not pointing that out because that was just, you got beat on that play. So that I'm not complaining about. But I am complaining about the situations like like the crazy calls on fourth and one, not being able to stop a guy and letting a fullback go right up the middle for a long touchdown when all you need to stop. All you need is to stop right there. And it's all, it almost felt like they gave up at some point. And then uh, they put it back together, but the defense just never had it today. So, uh, Tony, could you piggyback on top of that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, every, for, for it being 21 nothing. actually, it, when it got to be 14 nothing, it seemed like Jacksonville spent the rest of the game trying to give, trying to give it back to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh said, nah, no thanks, we don't want it. I mean, we mentioned the, the, the first fourth. You know, I mean, even if you don't do a quarterback sneak, at least bring the fullback in and, and, and just try to run Bell up the middle or, or, or over your, your Pro Bowl right guard, you know. Um, and then you mentioned – the, the, the Talvin Smith play, well, and, and, and the two scores they had before the half and after the half, if that play doesn't happen, you know, they're at midfield there. If they go down and score there and then score in, in, in the first series of the uh, second half, it's 21-21. So, I mean, that was another instance right there where you had the ball at midfield, and, yeah, you know, you got beat on the sack. The Jaguars had great coverage there in the secondary, but still, I mean, they executed and scored a touchdown there. And, and instead of 21-14 at the half, it's 28-14. And, and, and the really the, the part of the game that really sticks with me is after Golden gets that uh, deflected punt there, you have the ball at the 48 uh, early in the fourth quarter, and, and, you know, you're down by a touchdown. You have all the momentum in the game now. You, you force them to punt twice. And, and all you can get out of that is nine yards on four plays. And another poorly executed, as far as I'm concerned, uh, a poorly executed fourth down call. Yeah, I mean, Juju was held, but still, why not give it to your running back? Your Pro Bowl running back who wants $15 million. So that's that's my piggyback. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I thought this loss was uh, so many steps of the way could have been avoided. Um, but, uh, you know, I agree with you, Vito, that uh, the calls were terrible, but uh, they still had every opportunity to win it. But with that being said, um, I appreciate you. You know how much of a fan we are of you calling in the show, and uh hope you have a good off season. and uh, we're going to be having stuff here and there. But, uh, you know, stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Have a great off season. You too. Bye-bye now. Take care, All right, thanks, buddy. Gotta love Vito. Um, one of the most soothing callers. I tell you what, I I value Tony. All the guys that call in and all the people that call in on our show. Um, you know, I, I I take so much from each and every one of them. And uh, Vito's the one who calms me down the most. Um, he actually makes me feel better about things. Um, so I'm really glad he called in. But uh, let's go to the let's go to Frank Walker. And uh, we are uh, coming up on about 23 minutes left in the show, and we want to get to everybody. So uh, let's listen to this ad, and we'll get right back to it. Smart or stupid? 
Those strobing lights in your rear view, that flashlight shining in your face. License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. Today, let's get back to it, get to the phones. We are going to go up to Brooklyn right now. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the final score. Oh, hey, what's going on, fellas? How are you? <laughs> Bryce from Brooklyn, how are you, my friend? Hey, Bryce. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Um, Wow. Um, could be better. Um, you know, it's like, where do you begin? Um, here, here, I want to read you something. This will help you. Um, let me see here. Where's that quote? There was a sports analytics guy, and he made a quote. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull this up. He, he posted a quote on, on Twitter that I felt really summed it up. In terms of offense, because I think you got to start, you got to start with the offense. Um, I, I love the effort by the playmakers. Pittsburgh is supremely talented with playmakers. Um, I think just the fact that they were in that game made the plays that they made just spectacular throw by Ben on the long ball, um, um, spectacular throws to Antonio, Antonio making plays. I mean, just just really outstanding. But here's the quote. Said this, uh, said this all week. Todd Haley is an arrogant play caller who thinks he will beat you by having better players. Seemingly minimal desire to adjust offense to attack opponent weaknesses. The canyon between the Patriots and the Steelers in this regard is as wide as earthly possible. And this is about the Jaguars. It'll be a great game next week, whatever. This is why they won't win. Because our coaching staff wet the bed today. I know you're right. We had plenty of opportunities to win the game. And one of the main reasons we didn't is because they did not have that team ready in crucial situations to step up and make the plays that they needed to make. They played undisciplined. They played, as someone put on Twitter, the Steelers play hero ball, which is too much inconsistency in the little things, but you've got enough playmaking to pull it out. And that's the equivalent of football of hero ball. And that's exactly what they did. Um, I thought Ben orchestrated the football. You can't turn the football over the way he did. You can't throw that pass out there on, on your side of the field to, to, to Vance McDonald. You can't hold the football on third and nine like that and lose it. You've got to protect it. Um, that's little things, little details that cause you to lose. But overall, him, Bell, you know, you know all this talk, and, 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 and this is what we'll get to too. Him and Le'Veon and, and, and Antonio in the offensive line, 4.6 yards per rush they averaged. Ben only sacked twice, seven, seven pressures on all those dropbacks. The offense did enough and did their job to win that game despite those mistakes, particularly 4.6 yards per rush. What that tells me is that when I look at crucial situations, I look at the people who didn't get it done, and Todd Haley was a big reason why they didn't get it done. It's the same thing. They can make plays. They can do dynamic things. Where is the consistent, efficient structure to get guys involved and attack matchups? The team doesn't do it. This is why Martavis Bryant is walking around all year and can't get into any rhythm. That's embarrassing with a guy that talented, that guy that gifted, to not be able to have a consistent year it's amazing to me that, that they couldn't find a way to use them and they had all these excuses. So that's that. Now let's get to the defense when you talk about how horrific that was and that horrific performance by Keith Butler. When you talk about trash talking and all that, look, man, these are pros. Larry Bird and Kevin McHale talked more trash than you could ever imagine, and Michael Jordan confirmed it. They won. You know why? Because they talked trash but could back it up and were good. Mike Mitchell, I like the way he – I like his effort. I think he hits hard. He is not good enough to talk the trash that he talks. 
That's the biggest problem. Lev Bell, we talk about contracts, because he'll go out and have two touchdowns, 155 yards from scrimmage, 4.6 yards per carry. That's why they ain't worried about that. That's why you don't worry about A.B. throwing water coolers. We talked about that. You can't call guys out, but then you show up with no picks, no forced fumbles, no, you know, no, no fumble recoveries. You haven't done enough to affect the game. That's the problem. And this defense does not do enough to affect the game. You can't have a defense put a performance like that on the field in a playoff scenario just because you lost your best linebacker. That tells me you haven't put enough guys around yet that can affect the game and make and be playmakers. Right now, it pains me to say this. There is not one starter on our team that would start for the Jacksonville Jaguar defense. And I love Cam Hayward. I love Stephon Tewitt. But we have to – we've got to get – We've got to get guys on the linebacking level and on the safety level that can make more plays. I think Sean Davis is fine. You've got to get a rangy free safety in there. You've got to be able to do that. And as much as I love Artie Burns and Joe Hayden, right now, right now, you would, you would take Boy, A.J. Boyer and Jalen Ramsey over the duo as a whole because of the way they're playing. And that doesn't take anything away from them. What that tells me is that the Pittsburgh Steelers – are still missing a couple crucial playmakers on the defense, which means they have to be coordinated to a T in order to overcome that. And for them to go out there and embarrass the Steeler logo the way they did on defense, they looked like they weren't prepared for play action passing. Like they didn't even practice yep. what was going to happen. What are the keys? What are the reads? It was How an game embarrassment. Was. It was an embarrassment. What is the identity of the Steeler defense over the past three years? They had the same problem that Todd had, no identity. You know what our identity is? And this is sad to say, offense, get us a lead, and we'll rush the passer. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. I can't say it any better than that. Um, Well, um, here's the thing. You talked about the Mike Mitchell thing and backing it up. You know, do you feel like they overlooked this team, and I feel they did. And you know, we we talked about that all week long, um, like on the uh, on the site. We talked about the fact that uh, you know uh, Mike Mitchell is giving them something. He's bonding another team together by making these comments, even though they were two weeks ago. Um, he's bonding them together, uh, giving them an us-against-the-world mentality. Now, you played college ball, Bryce. So my question mm-hmm. to you, if you heard that on the other side, and you're like, ha, I mean, that's going to fire you up even more to just jam it down their throat. But my question to you is, what if you heard Mike Mitchell or a guy like that outside your locker room yelling, you're going to know my name today. You're going to know my name. Here's the well, thing, guys. I would feel I would have the same response if I had to look at a guy on the other side telling telling my running back, hey, come take that come take that growing up and come see me at PSI midfield. Or if I had one of my tight ends on the other team calling my receiver plexiglass. It all depends on how good the other player is. See when Ray Lewis and Shannon Sharp say it, you got to come see them because they're gonna show up. You can't be Mike Mitchell doing that. And then I'm looking over and it's like, you dog? You have no Pro Bowls, you have no rings, you have no picks, you have no simple recoveries, but then I'm going to know your name? Who are you? That's the thing. If you talk, I don't mind guys talking, guys. I think in pro sports it happens all the time. People were calling out, what, was, what did Terrell Suggs say whenever they beat New England? These are the most arrogant people you'd ever want to meet. So even, you know, we do everything the right way, he called them arrogant. Winners are arrogant in sports. The problem is, can you back up the talk? If you can back it up, talk all you want. But Mike Mitchell hasn't done enough, aside from hit people hard, to back up the way he talks. I love the passion. He needs to scale that back and accomplish more before he talks like that. That's my problem. I don't mind Les Bell talking trash, because Les Bell's the best in the game. 4.6 to carry. They couldn't do nothing with him. Antonio Brown will tell you, call God. You know why? Because I'm killing you out here. Seven receptions mm-hmm. for 140 and two touches. They don't notice the Jaguars don't talk about Antonio Brown. <laughs> Nothing but respect. Jalen Ramsey talks trash on everybody. 
respect for A.B. because he know I'll get this work. They don't respect Mike Mitchell like that because he hasn't done enough. That's the problem. And that's 100%. So, right, Bryce, thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate all your contributions this year. Can't wait to talk to you next year. We might have some stuff in the off season, so uh, just uh, keep to the site and uh, go Steelers, my friend. Yeah, is it going to be draft stuff, guys? You're going to be talking about? Is that what it is? You know, um, there's still stuff in the works. We uh, we're just like here and there to just you know. There's always free agency talk. There uh, might be some draft stuff. Uh, you know, we're just uh, doing everything we can to keep it uh, fresh. Uh, Jeff uh, comes on with the standard. Um, he does he does a few in the off season, and uh, we're always looking at having as much content as possible. So uh, one thing that we don't do is we don't go away in the off season. Um, we make sure that uh, there's always new content as much as possible in the off season. So uh, you know, stick with us. All right, go go Steelers. It's gonna take a while to get over this one, but Brad Ben's coming back. We'll see what we can do next year. You got it, buddy. I, it, it's it's going to take a lot, but uh, there's <laughs> there's always that hope that uh, there's always that knowledge that uh, this team's going to get together and uh, possibly be in the same situation. You just don't feel. I just have this feeling they're not going away. Um, so hey, thanks so much, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you, Bryce. It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Once again, Bryce from Brooklyn. Uh, another one that uh, I, always, I always enjoy talking to, Tony. Um, uh, we are up against the clock, and we want to make sure that we get everybody involved in the show. So we are going to go to a number that I actually don't recognize. Um, it's a 678 area code. And uh, you are on the final score with Tony and Brian. Welcome, my friend. Tony, Br- Tony Brian, it's Nick from Marietta. It's only been four weeks, guys. You already forgot about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> hey, Nick. I don't have the names that pop up in 678. You're I right, know. Nick. It has been a while, yeah, my okay. friend. Hey, listen. Nick's been a, contribu- uh, a big contributor this year, too. So, uh, I do apologize. Well, here, no, I'm going to, it's kind of like a funeral, so there's no pleasantries extended because we all feel the same way. But here's the thing, and I'm going to, I'm going to really take Mike Tomlin to task because of his piss poor uh, press conference and giving us this A's and B's and people in the A's and the B's. Okay, Mike, I'm going to throw your two quotes out that every Steeler fan knows. We don't live in our fears, and we're going to try to impose our physicality upon our opponent, Right. Fourth down, and we're not even talking one. That is such a lie every time everybody's printing down. It's really a foot on each play. You knew that we can – I mean, if you if you at least want to say that you're afraid Ben's going to get hurt, which Ben is denying when he's giving these interviews, you can at least say that then your offensive coordinator should be allowed to to have a situation maybe with Bell getting a direct snap, and Bell ain't going to lose. He's not going get, to get it and not get a foot, okay? Even the officials are going to give him that. You got the Pro Bowl center and the and the and the guard, and you got Foster, who's more than above par, and you're you're putting them down, saying you can't impose your physicality, and you live in your fears because you're trying to outsmart them. It's it's no good to give us this A's and B's thing, and everybody go, oh wow, Coach knew he was trying to avoid what they were, uh, you know, they they were stacking the deck in the front to avoid that sneak. It doesn't work, Mike, because you keep telling us these other these other phrases that we all know. But here's the other thing, which I think I've talked – the first time I talked to you guys was we were talking about Super Bowls and stuff. And I don't know. I haven't seen any sports writer yet come up with the phrase, and you guys can take mine if you want. But seriously, it goes back to like almost the Belichick thing of the Jedi mind tricks. Sometimes you outsmart yourself by being a fearful or, 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 or somebody else's strength. And you, so you try to outsmart it. So, for example, Seattle throws the ball on that uh, when they got Lynch in the Super Bowl for a yard and a half, and they throw it not to the outside, but they throw it where everybody is in the center, which is the exact worst thing you're going to do if you're going to throw it. You know, it could get tipped like it did. But the point is is that so we saw everybody was going to be packed in the center, and what we tried to do, we tried to outsmart it. Well, those two plays, would you think we got a better chance of getting a direct ball, a snap to Bell, or even Ben, to get a foot and even get the referee to give us that foot, 
or a long pass out to Juju in a stupid sweep seven yards deep. I mean, come, this is such elementary that this team's got to be taken a task for. You can't let this slide. These are monumental, crucial mistakes where these players won't be together again, and you've jeopardized their chances. I mean, this talent, a mass, a mass talent, doesn't come along very often. Ask the San Diego Chargers way back when, and you know what I think I'm, I'm talking about, the 1980s and stuff. You just, oh, yeah. yeah. Charlie Winslow, those guys. Wow. Oh, God, Charlie Joyner, Wes Chandler, Chuck Muncie, all them guys. Jeez, Dan Fouts, come on. It's, it's, I mean, you, this, this, this is signing up. This is getting to be that type of team. It's scary. You know what, I, listen, I'm going to let you guys chop on that, and I'm going to look forward to any podcast. Just give us out there, all of us, us who contribute, give us a heads up so we can you know, make arrangements and maybe contribute, and we can have some discussions during this offseason. Yeah, we will, we'll put everything on the site, and uh, anything that we come up with, we'll, uh, we'll give you some time to get in. Sounds great, Nick. Hey, thank you for all your contributions this year. Um, I agree with you completely. So Nick from Marietta calling in. Um, Really appreciate that. You know what? He's absolutely right. Look, when you are this strong and you say, come beat me, this is what I'm going to do to you. I mean, I I love that he brought up uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Do you really think they were going to stop Marshawn Lynch in that play? No. Um, but it was Super Bowl a couple of years ago against New England, and they throw that dumb pass. And that, that, that was the same thing, really, I mean, against New England a couple of weeks ago. I mean, look, don't try to outsmart another team. When you are dominant, just say, hey, this is what I'm going to bring at you. In fact, I'll announce it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You try and stop it. But don't try to outcute another another team um with that being said tony i am we're going to go uh to our last caller of the night and we are going to go and uh go back to new jersey our good friend ken on the line what's up buddy hey what's up guys what's up um hey ken yeah man it it is it is kind of like you know like a funeral even though you know funerals are, are real so um i won't go there but a lot of people might not like what i what i'm about to say but uh, they didn't. They didn't overlook this team. I'm sorry. I've been watching the Steelers all my life. The Steelers did not overlook this team. They got their ass whipped, and that's just it. It's hard to accept um, when either it feels like we're a player here, away or there. This is what this game showed me exactly what my team was. Uh, this game put it all out on display, and that's what the playoffs does. The only reason this game was remotely close and competitive was because we have some of the best players in the league. That's it. You got to think about these touchdowns on these fourth down plays. Ben may have played his best game. AB was phenomenal. Bell was phenomenal. You know, that's a tough defense, man. I mean, they're fundamentally sound and they're athletic. You know, when you have that combination of just athletic from side to side, long speed, and fundamentally sound, it's tough to beat. Um, do you realize that the, we scored 42 points today? That was the most points that we scored this season? Because, it, it, listen, it, they just got beat, man. You know, um, now I will say this. The player, I can't put this on the offense, but I mean the players on offense. The coaching, the coaching staff, I'm very disappointed um, I, I, I've gone back and forth on whether they should, you know, uh, fire one of the coordinators. But I can't go through another season of this, this Swiss cheese defense. Like, I can't do it because, um, you know, it's too costly. How come everybody else, a lot of other teams have a, a great defense in this throw-the-ball league now, and we can't. I mean, what's, something's up there. So, you know, maybe this is the time to really switch our scheme. And um, it start, you know, with, with Shazier out. Um, it was obvious that he was missed. But, again, even this, there's too many gaps. We got to tighten stuff up. And, you know, somebody might, you might need a sacrificial lamb fire to wake everyone up, to tighten it up. Like, we, we got to do it because we won't get over the hump and we're going to waste Ben's last year. Ben played phenomenal. Um, there's nothing much more I can say. 
Um, other than obviously the play calling and the fourth downs and everything, it was it was ridiculous. I didn't understand it. Just you know, there was times that I was just like, all right, I, I'm I'm emotionally out of this game. And then they just make a, a huge play and get right back in it. This team has a lot of fight, but that can only take you so far. You've got to be fundamentally sound. You can't just rely on fluky plays like we've done uh, throughout the season to to win the Super Bowl. It does not work now. It's not going to work in this NFL. So um, that that's my rant. But uh, to all Steeler fans out there, you know, we love our Steelers. Um, we got beat by the better team today. That's what happened. Um, there's no excuses. And we just have to accept that. Well, I will accept that. And, uh, you know, great analysis. We appreciate it, Ken. And thanks for everything, uh, all your calls, all year long. Thank you so much. And uh, we will talk to you in the off season. And, uh, you know, we're not going away. And this team's not going away. And I feel pretty good that maybe uh, maybe it's just the uh, in- inevitable destiny of this uh, particular squad. Maybe it's next year. And so uh, instead of thinking about Minnesota, now I'm thinking about going to Atlanta next year. And uh, that's the goal, and it starts now. So thanks, Ken. All right, guys. See you, Ken. See you in a couple months, maybe. All right, buddy. Ken from Jersey. Always, uh, you know, you know uh, maybe uh, I need to rephrase uh, what I say about uh, overlooking this team. I'm, I'm going to change that, uh, Tony. How about me now saying – that they didn't respect this team. And uh, maybe that's the thing. But, you know, they, they got beat by a very good team. And I, I'm anxious to, uh, to watch to see what happens next week. I and, mean, of course, I'll be rooting for the Jaguars. Um, I actually have a Jaguar T-shirt. Um, I got a free when I went to a Steeler game in Jacksonville. So maybe I'll, I'll break that out next week <laughs> and uh, just, just to go against New England. But uh, your final thoughts. Well, I mean, it was uh, it's like what Bill Cowher said about the playoffs. It's like you, when you lose, it's like you hit a brick wall, and that's sort of what it feels like, especially after uh, a 13-win season and you don't win a playoff game. Uh, John Clayton always says uh, any season that includes a playoff win is a pretty good season. And, you know, uh, one playoff game, uh, I can carry I can carry you around uh, some weight for a lot of years. I mean, you know, and, and they didn't even get that this year. And it just feels feels pretty empty after, after – uh, after such a great and entertaining season, I thought it was a great regular season. I know everybody said it was up and down. I thought it was fantastic and entertaining. And the fact that they didn't win a playoff game, it's just, it's just like I said, to repeat myself, it just makes you feel empty. Yeah, you know what, I, I have that empty feeling. I know we all do because we put our heart and soul into watching this team. And uh, just like they, they put their heart and soul into to playing the game. And it just seemed like there was so much more to accomplish for this team. And, uh, you know, it hurts. And I know they're hurting too. And um, because that's what happens as fans. We, and uh, the entire Steeler Nation, they, they feel it. And they're going to feel that loss. But don't go away. And, uh, you know, stick with this team. There's so much talent on this team. And uh, there's a couple adjustments that need to be made. And, uh, you know, this is a smart front office. And um, I'm really excited what can happen. It just didn't happen this year. But uh, we know Ben's coming back. Le'Veon Bell just made a comment within the last 45 minutes saying he wants to come back to Pittsburgh. A lot of things have to happen. Um, I think Bell's going to be back next year. And I think uh, the window's open for another year. Just uh, um, a few tweaks right there, and we might be talking about being in Atlanta it just, we wanted it to happen now, Tony. And uh, I really had that feeling. I felt like this was a team of destiny, but uh, closer to game time with the way things were happening and the way things were coming out and what you were hearing, it just, I, I almost feel like uh, Nate Burleson. Um I was starting to uh, get really nervous. And I know I put my prediction in, um, you know, Steelers 19 to 17 um, over Jacksonville was my prediction that uh, we put on the on the site today. Um, but like closer to game time, I was starting to feel really nervous about that and thinking that maybe I should have changed that. But it, it didn't matter. Bottom line is we're Steeler fans, 
and we're proud of our team. We live and die with our team. We live and die with them, and, uh, but we're not going away, and we're always going to believe. And uh, now this year, we're always going to Shea leave, and that's the thing we need to look at now too, um, just uh, praying that that man gets healthy and is able to walk um, and be on the sidelines uh, for next year. Um, possibly, um, you know, I'm not talking about playing, but just being with this team. But with that being said, we love our team and we're not going away. I know I keep saying that Tony DeFeo, thank you so much for all your contributions this year. It has been a fun season. Like you said, this has been, I mean, for everything that's happened the whole year, we've had so much to talk about it and I enjoyed sharing it with you. So thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. And it was it was a lot of fun. And I there's only one thing that would have made it better. And, and like you said, maybe next year in Atlanta, it'll 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 come to that. Well, once again, the Steeler final score was 45 to 42 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, you know, wish them the best as they go to New England next week. And uh, to see, uh, I'll be wearing my Jaguar gear just to uh, see if they can go ahead and beat the Patriots. I'm uh, I'm not going to uh, hold anything. This was just a good team that beat our team today. Um, but once again, all season long, the Steeler final score was brought to you by Frank Walker Law and Behind the Steel Curtain. We thank you for spending your Sundays with us all season long. We really cherish all of our our fans, all of our callers, um, even if you don't call in. We appreciate you. We know you listen. Um, so, you know, I, I want to, real quick before we sign off, I want to mention some people, and we heard most of them tonight, but I want to say thank you to Melvin. I want to say thank you to Bryce and Vito and Caleb, Ken, and Nick from Mar- Marietta, and uh, anybody else that I'm – I'm missing out there. Thank you for all those uh, those folks that call into our show um, each and every week and live and die with our team. Um, this is the end of the 2017, but it's not the end of the dream. It's uh, the dream still stands. So Tony DeFeo, once again, thank you for Tony. I'm Brian Anthony Davis. This was the Steeler final score. Good night, and thanks for a great season. When it rains, hit the lakes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. It's so hot outside. Time to go bowling. Stay cool at Bolero. With air-conditioned lanes, ice-cold beer, and a striking selection of signature cocktails. Roll in, chill out, and have fun. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.